Well, good morning. It's good to be here. My name is Travis Simpson. I am the discipleship and missions minister here at the church at Lachlan Springs. What a great joy it is as brothers and sisters of Christ to come together and to be able to remember by taking of the Lord's Supper what Jesus Christ did on the cross in our place for our sins. What a sweet, refreshing time of renewal and remembrance. What a time of life-giving freedom. He calls us into when he calls us to remember his body broken and his blood shed for us. Knowing that in so doing, we get to live eternally in Christ. That's who we are. He is what we have. And that is what he is essentially telling Paul when he writes the second, or excuse me, essentially telling Timothy when he writes the second letter to him. Paul is writing to his young disciple Timothy. It's the, it's the sermon series we've been working through. The second letter that he writes to Timothy. And here we find ourselves today in the fourth chapter. It's the last letter that we have recorded that Paul writes. And today I'm going to be reading from the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 5. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and open your text to that passage. For those of you that don't have it, it's going to be up on the screen. For those of you that have it on your phone, go ahead and open your phones there. As pastor's been saying, for the past few weeks, Paul is in prison. He's probably in Rome there. And he's writing to his beloved brother in Christ, Timothy, who is pastoring a, a small church. Now when you hear the word pastor, you've got to remember that he's probably pastoring what you and I would call a small group. Five, ten, twenty people meeting in a house. That's who Timothy is. That's what Timothy is doing. And that is what Paul is writing to him about in this passage. So if you would, I want to ask you to stand with me in honor of reading God's holy and written word. And those of you at home, please do the same. It doesn't matter that you're not in this building. God's word is holy and inspired where you are as well. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, this is God's word. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead. And because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, young Timothy, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. You can be seated. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to read your word. Open our ears to hear you. Open our minds to understand and our hearts be willing and acceptable to the change that you want to work in us to that today, this morning, so that we might glorify you 
King Jesus, and all we say and do, let it be so. Amen. Now I know, because I've been there the last two weeks, when I read the phrase, preach the word, immediately, bang, a barrier comes up. And probably in your mind the same. I'm not a preacher. I will never stand up in front of a large group of people and talk about the scriptures like you will. So this doesn't necessarily apply to me. I need to check out what time do the Titans play today? What is on tap for dinner tonight? I am a lawyer. I am a mechanic. I am a school teacher. I am in junior high. I'll never preach the word. I understand. We all have those passages. This may not be the one. I know for me, when I look at all the lists of all the vices and the sins, I can go, oh, I don't do that. I'm good there. That one doesn't necessarily apply to me. Or on the other hand, the list of moral attributes. Well, I do that and do that. Well, not so much that one, but I'm good because I've got the other ones covered. You see, we, we start to pick and choose what part of the text applies to us. And that's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy in this passage in verses 3 and 4. Do, you, do we, rather, understand how dangerous that is when we pick and choose what part of God's holy word applies to us? Do we understand how perilous a path that leads us down, how faulty our doctrine becomes? How our beliefs get skewed. That's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy. They will only listen to what makes them feel good. They only want to hear what tickles their ears. And they're going to gather even more people around them that say the same things so that they are confirmed in their falsehood. That's what's going to happen to you, Timothy. You preach the word, Timothy, the entirety of it. Every bit of it is God-breathed and is profitable for all mankind, Timothy. Proclaim the word, my brother, in Christ. It is who we are. It is what we have. We sit under the authority of the entirety of Scripture. It has all authority because He, Jesus Christ, has all authority. He has spoken it, and therefore, as followers of the risen Savior, we do it. Every last bit of it. Preach the Word, Church at Lachlan Springs. It has authority in our life. You see, Paul's already fought the fight. He's coming to the end of his days. He's fought against Gnosticism. He's fought against Judaism. He's fought against animism, mysticism, spiritualism, syncretism, all the isms. He's got them. He's fought against them. He's fought against religiosity. And he knows, he's saying, this same thing is coming to you, my beloved brother in Christ. They're going to bring the same thing to you. So here's the last thing I'm going to tell you, Timothy. I challenge you. I solemnly charge you. I charge you before God the Father, Jesus the Son, in his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. That's it. Preach Jesus and him crucified. When it is convenient and when it is not convenient. When it is day and when it is night. When you are happy and when you are sad, when you will be well received and when you will be rejected, my brother, preach the word. When you 
are in chains like I am, Timothy, or when you walk free like we do. Preach the word. Jesus Christ crucified. It's who we are. It's what we have. And as a servant of the risen Savior who has commanded us to go and tell, we preach the word. You see, we we have more in common with this passage than we really want to admit. We have more in common with verses 3 and 4 than we really want to admit. Lifeway Research, a few years ago, says this. About 80%, 4 out of 5, of people who call themselves Christians and regularly attend worship services on Sunday morning say they have not shared the gospel in the last 6 months. 4 out of 5 have not been preaching the word. If you don't like Lifeway, Lifeway Research, that's cool. We'll go with Barna. Barna Research a few years ago said this. Of the people they polled ages 20 to 34, 50%, one out of two, 50% of the people they polled said they think it is wrong for a person of one faith to engage with a person of another belief with the hope that they would come to believe like them. Not only are they not going to do it, but it's wrong. One out of two. Furthermore, for anyone that disagrees with them, when someone disagrees with them, they feel like they're being judged. And that person doesn't have the right to judge them, and they don't have the right to judge someone else in their beliefs. You see, we have more in common with this than we think. But here's the fact of the matter. It's the word of the Lord that convicts. It's the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us and calls us to be more like Christ. He calls us to take up our cross and to follow him. And when he does that, here's what he does. He puts us to a point of decision. Every time, it's a trial of our faith. What do I believe? Do I believe that this is true? Is every word of it God breathed? Do I sit under this as the authority and the truth in my life? Who do I believe? Do I believe that Jesus Christ was was real? That he lived? That he died? That he was raised again? That he has ascended and that his Holy Spirit now lives within me and empowers me? Is that what I believe? If that's the case, then preach the word. Because it's who we are. And it's what we have. If so, how will I act? Will I Preach the word. Paul knows, he knows that the people that Timothy is pastoring are going to get antsy. They're going to get bored with the simplicity of the gospel because he's already fought against it. And so he, he understands that that is a human trait. When we were in Brazil... I just looked at my daughter. That sto- this story's about her. When we were in Brazil, she was between the ages of four and seven. And when we were there, well, I didn't watch Brazilian TV for many, many reasons. But I definitely did not let my four-year-old watch Brazilian TV. So instead of having the cable TV on, we had Netflix. 
That's what she got to watch. That's what my son got to watch. It was Netflix. And for those of you who don't have Netflix, have never watched Netflix, it is a show. There are no commercials. It runs straight through, and then the next one starts five seconds later in the series. No commercials. Well, you see, when we came back to the U.S., our in-laws graciously allowed us to stay at their house, and they have cable TV. And so there we are, I will vividly remember, sitting on the couch watching a television show. I'm sitting over there, and here she is. She's sitting there, and and we're watching a show. And it's at that cliffhanger moment of the show where everything's about to happen. And you know how they do commercial, boom, breaks right in. Well, my, my daughter looks at me and goes, what did you do? Why did you turn my show off? I said, said, well, baby, I I didn't. It's a commercial. Look, I didn't do it. See, the remote's over there. She looks at the TV. Daddy, I want an American Girl doll. Immediately. Immediately. They change every two seconds. They know our attention span is going to go that way. Quickly, That's why it's designed that way. Paul knows the people that Timothy is teaching are going to get bored with the simplicity of the gospel. Unfortunately, it takes place, and he's already had these fights. So he tells Timothy, be ready for it. These same false teachings, they exist today. There are people out there that are going to tell you there is no hell. It's as if they don't accept Matthew 25 as truth in Scripture. There are people out there that are going to tell you that everyone goes to heaven. It's called universalism, and it's not in the text, guys. It's not there, all right? Everyone doesn't get to go to heaven. It's unfortunate, and it's sad. But those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, a risen Savior, do. And that's what we preach But over time, man continues to want to be the controller of his destiny. I want to be able to say, I have something to do with my eternal resting place. And that is not the gospel, but that is what man wants, to have control in everything. So Paul knows that's what Timothy is about to face, and he says, you preach the word. You preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, buried and resurrected Fight back every false teaching, every myth, every empty philosophy with the truth of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. That's all we have. It's who we are. Season your conversation with the word of the Lord. When your people get bored, Timothy, preach the word. When they don't understand, preach the word. When they've lost all hope, encourage them with the word of the Lord. And this is how you do that. Verse 5. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Don't get caught up in the arguments that aren't pertaining to Christ. Pastor's been preaching all throughout this, all, all throughout this series. What hill are you going to die on? The hill we die on is Calvary. That's it. That's the one we argue. Jesus and him crucified. Don't get caught up in the other stuff. But preach that day in and day out. Don't get frustrated when someone won't let you go, won't let you win. Don't raise your voice. Stay calm. It's not you that has to win the argument. The Holy Spirit convicts. Be self-controlled in everything. Other scriptures are going to say be sober-minded in all things. That's one. Two, endure suffering. There are going to be difficult conversations. Endure. 
They're going to laugh at you. They're going to ostracize you. They're going to mock you. They're going to talk about you behind your back because of what you preach. Endure, brothers and sisters. The Holy Spirit works on His timing. You and I, we didn't get to where we are today just overnight in one conversation. No, people have walked alongside us. They have endured our suffering with us. They have watched us grow through the work of the Holy Spirit. Endure, young Timothy. Your people will be there. Walk alongside them. Endure the suffering with them. Love them through it. Continue to preach the word as you endure with them. Be clear, be self-controlled and endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. And it is work. It is laborious. It is intentional. It is going where the lost and the seeking are, forming relationships with them and preaching the gospel to them over and over and over again. And when they reject you, that is fine. Endure the suffering and keep preaching the gospel. Be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Matthew 28 says, all authority, 18 through 20 says, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus is speaking. He says, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what? Teaching them to obey everything I have given you. Commanding them, preach the word. If you're tired of hearing the Great great Commission from Matthew, go to Mark 16, 14. It's much simpler. Preach the word to all of creation. That's his command. It's not just Paul to Timothy. It's Christ to his followers. And if we call ourselves followers of Christ, then that is our command and that is our commission and we go and we obey the king. Fulfill your ministry. Who is it that you're proclaiming the gospel to? Where are you engaged in conversation that you are seasoning it with the word of the Lord? Are you preaching the word? Are you fulfilling your ministry? We're going to take 90 seconds. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. And I'm going to give you 90 seconds here where it's going to be fairly quiet. Just you and the Father. If you would, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Who is it? What is the name? Who is the person that he brings to mind? And that you're supposed to be sharing the gospel with, that you preach the word with? Who might it be that you're enduring suffering with? That you have an opportunity to season conversation with the word of the Lord? Maybe you need to get involved in a group so that the word of the Lord is proclaimed more often in your life and given you the courage to go and to do the same. If there's any one of you out there that says, I know that I know that I'm supposed to talk to this person, but I just am too scared 
I promise you, if you will come to me, I will go with you. I will pray for you, and we will endure together as you share the gospel with the lost and the searching. Do not let fear hold you back. It's just you and the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, I know we fall short. But because of your work on the cross and in our place, we are forgiven. So in this moment, fill us with that mercy and grant us the courage to do it right this time. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will will turn aside to myths. But as for you, church at Lachlan Springs, Exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Amen.